Praise God. Okay, so with um, today's message is uh, Jesus. Jesus has has a word for you, and we often believe so many times that we understand everything that Jesus said. We understand what Jesus did for us. We understand what the cross is, what the cross is all about, and how we were saved, and so on. And but how often do we actually focus on some of the the pearls um, that Jesus gives us in His Word? Um, how often do we reflect on his words and think about how his words have meaning in my life? I think so many times, and for what I hear in speaking to some people, like we'll read the, the Bible, we'll, we'll read the word of God, and we don't, we don't really take the time to say or to wonder, what does that word mean for me? If, Jesus, if the Holy Spirit impressed man uh, to write these books and to put in these accounts and to quote Jesus' words, it was for a reason. It meant that these words have meaning that carry on down through time. They weren't something that were, were, had some meaning in that particular time, you know, in the first century after the, the church or, or before, before the church was born in the second chapter of Acts, amen. But things that Jesus said have meaning for my life. But many times when we read the Bible, we don't stop and think about what do these words mean to me. You know, if God had these words captured in this book, which God knew would go down through the annals of time and would, be, would, would indeed go into the 20th century, the 21st century, and for how many other centuries until Jesus returns, it was meant because God wanted us to read these words and how these words apply to us. So that it's not just a collection of stories, you know, or events or things like that. So if God took the, and matter of fact, the Bible says there that many of the things that Jesus did even haven't, weren't even captured in here because the book would just be too huge indeed you know but these words are here because God wants us to to hear them and to um, form and, and form our lives accordingly and to take solace you know to take take consolation in what Jesus is saying so let's go to John chapter 16 and we're going to to look at some familiar verses and we'll go as far as Holy Spirit takes us and um, Go through, uh, starting with chapter 16. And let's, let's look at what Jesus is saying here and how these words apply to us today. John chapter 16. These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. Okay, now literally that means so that you, you uh, uh, will not be caused to stumble. Okay, in other words, so Jesus is saying that, first of all, he starts out by saying, I'm telling you these things so that you don't stumble. So that you don't make mistakes. So that you don't go floundering through this world wondering whether you're coming or going. Alright, so this is why Jesus is saying these things. Verse number two. They shall put you out of synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. So right away, this is talking about some persecution, you know. And we can get persecution uh, in terms of us being Christians. And many times we are afraid to speak up and say that we are Christians, because we are afraid of either being laughed at or thinking that, you know, people are going to look at us strangely or whatever. You know, I find this especially in the workplace and sometimes in schools, because people want to be popular or accepted. They are afraid to really stand strong and 
who they are. But Jesus, and thank God, hopefully we'll never get to the point where we're actually being killed, <laughs> you know. But, you know, society, as you can see in the news, is frowning more and more and more against Christianity. It's okay, I mean, that they will stand in defense of some of the other religions uh, before they will stand in defense of Christianity. All right, verse number four goes on to say, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me, Where goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter shall not come unto you. Please in the line, if I go not away, the Comforter shall not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Alright? So Jesus is saying, as a part of God's plan, he has to go away. In other words, he has to uh, be crucified, resurrected, and, and go back to return to the Father before he could send the Comforter to us. Now we know the Comforter is return, referring to the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world being Satan, of this world is judged. Verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Please in the line. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. All right? So, so underlining all of 13, as a matter of fact, that this, this uh, spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Now, this is getting again to Holy Spirit, and we've been touching on this in Bible study, talking about how important Holy Spirit is. That Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. We've got to learn to rely on Holy Spirit in all that we say and do. We literally have to do that. All right. I was putting in a, um, a couple of new shower heads um, in the bathrooms over the weekend. I'm telling you, I mean, everything. I kid you not. And uh, um, I put the thing all together and turn it on and psh, water all over the place. Okay. I mean, leaks were coming out where the shower was not supposed to be leaking, amen, amen, and so, um, and so, uh, uh, one of the bathrooms, so I, I got to get some Teflon tape before I can put it, put it back together, so I went out and bought the Teflon tape, and then I said, Lord, please show me what needs to be done, and help me to put this together, just like that, and when I stand up here and tell you all that to bring God into everything that you do, I kid you not, because this is what I do. And I had the Teflon tape in hand and had the steps to about to get together. And I distinctly heard, check the nut behind the head valve, the, 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 head, the shower head. And I looked up and there was a separate nut that I hadn't seen before. And so I got up and I tightened that nut. And again, Holy Spirit said, turn it on. And I still got the Teflon tape in my hand. I had not put it on. I turned it on and the leaking had stopped. 
You see, leaking can stop. So I didn't even have to have to use the Teflon tape. Now, probably if I had prayed, Lord, do I need to buy the tape? Then maybe I would have saved ninety-seven cents. Amen. <laughs> for later, yeah, exactly. Use it for later on, you know, which is what I did. I put it in my toolbox for later on. But the point I'm making, though, is that Holy Spirit. If you ask Holy Spirit, even in the silliest things, what what to you may be the silliest things, He will show you. And then the second one that I put together had a lot of. Not made in the USA, let's just say instructions, you know. And putting that together was a trip. But then at the last minute I realized again praying because that one also was leaking. And I said, well, Lord, what am I missing? And there was a washer that I had not put in. You see? So what I'm saying to you is that as trivial as that may seem to you, to me it was not trivial because I need that shower to work. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, you know, I need that shower to work. And obviously the next day was Sunday for church and so on. Amen. So what I'm saying to you is that where it says there, nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. You know, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. You know, everything in your life, he will show you things to come. Verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall unto, and show it unto you. When you're praying for something from Holy Spirit, and you're asking for some guidance, if the guidance in some way is denying Jesus, or not giving glory to God, or is not beneficial to God, then you know that's not Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? If it's something that's going to guide you into more difficulty, that's not Holy Spirit. You know, you're trying to make up your mind about something, you need to seek Him because He's the Spirit of Truth. Now, the Spirit of Truth covers so many things. I mean, the truth about what your future is going to look like, what's, what's, ahead, of, what's ahead in your future, you know, what are things to come, whether you should make a decision this way or make a decision that way, or how you should fix a shower head. Amen? Amen? So you got to get into the habit of doing that. And that is so important today, especially Especially because of the way that the world is going. Amen. The world is going in a way that is so far away from God it isn't funny. So we need to make sure that we're in touch with him. Verse 15. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he should take of mine. Uh, you should take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me. And again a little while and you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. So he's saying that he won't be with them right now, but then again, a little later, they'll see him again, because he goes to the Father. Then said some of the disciples amongst themselves, What is this that he says unto us, A little while, and you shall not see me. Again, a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, What is this that he saith a little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves? Of what I said, a little while, and you shall not be with me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Remember when you see verily, verily now. Verily, verily, I say unto you. um, You shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful. But your your sorrow shall be turned into joy. So he's saying that for a while you will be sorrowful, because they will witness his crucifixion, but it will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is at travail, has sorrow, because her hour has come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. You know, we oftentimes go through travail ourselves, and that travail can be thought of of things in our lives 
lives when they're going difficultly, when there's difficulty in our lives, when we're struggling about something, we, we are travailing in essence because things are not working the way they should be going. It can be uh, very painful and sorrowful at the time. The times when things are not working well in your life, they're certainly not joyful times, you know, but that travail period of time is for a specific period of time as long as God is at the helm, as long as God is guiding your life. And what he's saying, a woman, when she is travailed with sorrow, you know, because her hour has come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she doesn't remember the anguish. So if you kind of link this to childbirth, during those nine months, it can indeed be travail, you know, for a woman that's carrying a baby. But at the time, after she goes all that and the baby is born, what joy there is. Well, it's the same thing in our lives. We can be in travail, if you will, for a period of time, and that may be God's season. There may be something that God is working on in our lives. There may be something else that God does not, does not want us where we think we need to be. Amen. And for, but for that period of time, that, pale, that time of travailing, it's for a specific period of time. You know, whether it's nine months, whether it's nine days, nine hours or whatever. But whatever it is that's going on in our lives that has us travailing, it's going to come to an end. And when it does come to an end, the joy that you will experience will make that period of travailing that you had, you'll, you'll totally will forget about it. You'll forget about it. That's what it's saying here. That the joy, the joy will indeed over, overcome it. Okay? Verse 22. And you know therefore, I'm sorry, and you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your, and your joy no man takes away from you. What God has in store for us, no man can take away. So if that thing that we're waiting for, if that thing that we're trying to overcome, if that issue that's going on in our life that we're struggling with, no man can take away from us the joy that God has for us, that God has in store for us. Amen. So it's just a matter of time for us to go through whatever that period of time is, whatever that travail time is, for us to go through that and God will give us the joy. 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And again, that is key. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, underline in my name, meaning Jesus' name, um, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time comes when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. So he's saying there that um, while Jesus was here, if you notice, they never asked anything in Jesus' name while he was on the earth. When they prayed or everything like that, they, they, they did not ask anything in Jesus' name because Jesus was still with him, with them. He hadn't been glorified. He hadn't gone back to sit on the right hand of God. But he's saying that the time will come, the, the, to come when you shall ask anything of the Father in my name, and he will give it to you. Verse number 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time comes when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name. Please the line, at that that day you shall ask in my name. This is where we are today. When we're praying to God, we ask things in Jesus' name. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Now you see, this is important to understand here because you, you recall 
before Jesus' crucifixion on the cross and before he gave up the ghost. Remember when he gave up the spirit, it said that the veil in the temple was torn in two, thus signifying that man now had direct access to God. Before that, as we know, man, the, the average man could not go directly into the, into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest had that ability. When Jesus gave up the spirit okay, and, and, defeated, and, and defeated the enemy and the veil in the temple was torn in two, that gave us access directly to God because he says here in verse 26 at that day you you shall ask in my name and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you see Jesus did not have to pray for us for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God amen so now you need to just kind of ask yourself do you really believe that do you really really believe everything that you're reading here all right. If you believe what you're reading here, then that should make it a lot easier for you to do these things and to live out these things in your life. You know, again, to go back to the to the silly shower illustration that I used, you know, it's because of the fact that I believe that is why God always answers me when I ask those kinds of things because of the fact that I believe it. I don't say to I didn't say to God, you know, Lord, help me finish this shower and just kind of set it as a matter of habit or anything like that. I really, really believe that I needed help. You know. Okay, because I know how those things can be. I've put in many showers over the years and never do they work unless I pray for help <laughs> without leaking. You know, what I'm saying to you is that you've got to get to the point that you really, 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 really believe that if I ask God for help on this and ask Holy Spirit to guide me, that this is a reality. You see, and the reason I'm going over these scriptures again, and we've, re- we've read them over the years a million times, you probably have the things underlined already that I said to underline, but the problem is, is that we many times as Christians, we don't take the words that we're re- reading and really, really, really believe them to put them into action in our lives, okay? And this is the reason why there are still so many Christians who are struggling. We're struggling, okay? Now, I'm not saying that just because of today's sermon are you never going to struggle. You know, Jesus said that we will have tribulations, but you should know what to do when you are struggling. And better, and even better still, before you start struggling, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Ask the Lord, what is it that you would have me to do instead of you trying to do it yourself and figure it out. Amen? Amen? Uh, uh, Jesus is giving them this discourse here, this conversation, because it, it said earlier on here, it says, I'm telling you these things so that you don't be led astray. The word King James James used, used offended, but actually means that so you don't stumble. If you don't know these words and don't understand these words, then we as Christians, Christians we oftentimes stumble. We stumble because we don't listen to where Jesus said, verily, verily. Amen? Or we just think, well, okay, this is some King James language and I'm reading it and it's just another Bible passage. But when you're reading the Word of God, you've got to really get in your heart, deep in here, in your spirit, that these words are life and they're truth. All right? And I need to do exactly what this Bible is telling me to do. Amen? These words did not withstand the test of time all of these centuries for no reason. Okay? This is not like it's a, it, the best-selling novel on the New York Times list or, any, or anything. This book has, has, um, has uh, uh, withstood the test of time over the many, many millennia. Amen? And, and it's real. It's real. But we've got to get it adjusted in our heads that it's real and start using it the way God intended us to use it. Amen? So then it goes on to say, um, in verse 28, I came forth from the Father, and I am come into the world. 
Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Please in the line, do you now believe? And I say to you also, do you now believe? You know, it's as simple as that. And you should ask yourself, you know, do you now believe? Do you believe that the words that you said, that you just read, are indeed true? Do you believe that Holy Spirit is there to guide you through all truth? That he's a comforter. You know, he he can guide you and console you when there are issues. Do you now believe? Verse 32. Behold, the hour comes, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world we shall have tribulation. Please in the line, in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, on the line, I have overcome the world. Okay, I've overcome the world. So while the world, you know, you will have tribulation, Jesus said that, but he's overcome the world. So that means that, you know, when I was in tribulation over the shower, I remembered that Jesus is greater. Holy Spirit is certainly greater and can help me to overcome what it is that I need to do with this shower. You need to take that silly illustration into every single aspect of your life. Nothing, nothing, nothing is too small for you to involve God. You know, and more importantly, something that is bigger than that, I mean, you certainly need to involve God, all right? But don't pray to God and ask His help, and then deep down inside you're thinking, well, I need to do it another way anyway, you know? Suppose I had prayed, Lord, show me what to do. And then I said, okay, to fix this shower, Lord, how shall I fix this? But in the meantime, I'm going to go get my blowtorch, and I'm going to solder this shower. I'm going to weld this shower head on, okay? All right, all right. Then what kind of difficulty would that have gotten me into besides possibly burning the house down, all right? So what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you is that when you're asking for guides and you're asking Holy Spirit to show you what to do, really, really, really be open to what he tells you to do. You know, I mean, suppose I'd said, what do you mean, uh, Holy Spirit, I don't need the Teflon tape. I went all the way down to Walmart and bought this tape, and now you're going to tell me I don't need the Teflon tape? I'm going to use it anyway. Okay, I'm going to use it anyhow. You know, God knows what if, you know. You know and the funny thing is, too, is that after I went back and read, reread the instructions, by the way, the thing said to use no Teflon tape. How do you like that? The instructions said, do not use Teflon tape. All right? But now suppose, though, instead of me listening to the Holy Spirit that simply said, to tighten the nut behind the shower head. Suppose I said, no, I'm going to take it apart, put the Teflon tape on anyway. I probably would have broken it or done something wrong. Amen? So, all right, so what I'm saying to you is that when we're praying to hold for Holy Spirit for advice, for, for advice and guidance, amen, be prepared to take what he tells you to do, even though it might not make sense to you. Amen? Because he knows better than you. He knows, you see. And many times we do that. It's almost like human nature because of the fact that we want something to be done. We want a certain result. We have a certain motivation. But guess what? God knows what your motivation is. God knows what it is that you're trying to achieve. And God knows better than you how to achieve it. You see? So while Jesus is saying that you shall pray to the Father and ask things in my name, and he says that I will send the Comforter to guide you, and that there will be tribulations, and you will have tribulations, but he's come to overcome the world. All right, so if, he's, if he has come to overcome the world, then why do you try to overcome your situation? 
Amen? Instead of praying to God and then say, okay, Lord, you know, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And then when he tells you, then you turn around and say, well, that doesn't meet my plan, or that doesn't meet my timeline, or that doesn't seem to, that doesn't match what I want to do. And then besides that, Lord, this thing is here right now. Why do I have to do it the other way? I have this thing in front of me. Amen? I have this Teflon tape. Why do I have to do it the other way? Okay, you see? Because had I done that, I would have possibly broken something. See? But many times we'll ask the Holy Spirit for advice, and then when we get that advice, it isn't in line with what we want to do, and then we wind up doing it on our own. And we all know what's happened there, because all of us have had experiences in our lives. All of us. None of us in this sanctuary is too holier than thou to say that they didn't listen to the Lord, and they wound up getting into a little more difficulty than they had. Because it's human nature, many times. It's human nature. But we, as we get older in the Lord, and as we grow in Christian maturity and start to understand the word and start to really understand what the word of God is telling us then it is God's expectation that we should grow God knows that when we come to him when we first accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior he knows that we're spiritual babes he knows that we don't have the nth degree of knowledge of spiritual knowledge but his expectation is that over time we would grow in him we would grow because of the fact that we're reading the Word of God, because of the fact that we're praying, because of the fact that we're trusting the Holy Spirit, the expectation is that we would grow. Amen? So, so hopefully, the mistake, you know, you know that, that, that I made, you know, you know, say last month or something, isn't the same mistake that I made 20 years ago. Because hopefully I learned from a mistake I made 20 years ago. Okay? Now, we are human. God knows that. God says that you will have tribulation. Jesus said you will have tribulation. But... Be of good cheer, because he's overcome the world. Amen. So that means anything that's going on in your life is not beyond anything that can't be fixed by God. All right? And don't think that just because, you know, Jesus is saying all this, that we're never going to have challenges, because God said we will. So don't think that your world has come to a close, or your world is totally crushed, if you wake up tomorrow and there's a challenge in your life. Amen? You can have a challenge develop in your life between now and when you get home this afternoon. Amen? Amen? All right? But, but realize and recognize the fact that Jesus overcame that. Okay? Sometimes, and many of us have had this happen, I know, because I'm not any different than any of you, but it's like sometimes you say, gee whiz, what next? You know, gee whiz, what next? I just got through getting out of one situation, now here's another. You know, and such it is with life. But when that comes along, comes along in your life, then the first thing you should say, well, okay, I had a situation pop up last week, or ten minutes ago, <laughs> sometimes is the case, ten minutes ago, God got me out of that one. Okay, so now, Jesus, what am I going to do to get out of this one? What is it that you want me to do? Holy Spirit, how do I fix this shower head? Amen? 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 So just look at the words that's in your scriptures here. Look at the words, and as you're reading the Bible and studying the Bible, know that those words are indeed life. You know, and as you're reading the Word of God, don't just read it like you're just reading, you know, Alice in Wonderland or some other book. Read it and say, that, how does this apply to me? Because everything in this book can apply to your life. Everything. Or I should say, everything in this book can be applied to your life. Amen? Amen? So praise God. I hope that this message was a blessing for you. Praise Him. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.